0: All right, welcome to the Podmore Get Better Podcast. Today is Sunday, September 9th, 2018. Pretty exciting weekend here. National holiday. Yeah, opening. It's
1: it's not new Golden tea courses, but it's pretty darn close to that level of excitement. It's brand new season of NFL football.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll toast you up to that, Tony Johnson. Yep. And clank. Little Coors light going on, a little surly going on, yeah, so NFL opening weekend, we got hockey kicking off in twenty five days. Obviously. oh boy, yeah, hot, uh, baseball's winding down, coming uh, you know starting to get tight for the playoffs here, uh, but in Golden Team News, we got some pretty exciting stuff, Tony
1: yeah, I think uh, they, they tend to go in waves with their news releases, and I think this week was was heavy on the news. Uh, started off early in the week, maybe even a little bit last week talking about ultra shot. Yeah. Right? We're used to great shots and great shot points. And and the calculation for that is if you make a shot, if it goes in the hole, it's 100 times the distance, right? So if it's a 100-yard shot and you make it in, it's 10,000 GSP. Well, with ultra shot, it's for dunks. Yeah. Now, I question what is going to constitute a dunk because not all dunks are made equal. So sometimes yes. you get those rattlers. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you get a, well, did it clip the green on the way into the hole? Also, what if it happens to hit like a bench, so it didn't really hit the ground, but it hits a bench before it dunks, or a wall, or not the green at all, maybe the rough, but, yeah. but it just can't hit the green before it dunks. So I'm curious to see what it'll be like, but ultimately, if you get an ultra shot, however they define that, uh, you will be two times the GSP. So instead of 10,000 in my original example, you'd get 20,000 for a 100 yard.
0: Dunk. Yeah, great. Uh, great for gambling games and side games. Oh yeah. yeah. What, what if you
1: palindromed a dunk ultra shot?
0: Oh yeah. We'll uh, just we'll touch on the palindrome One, two, three, four. Game. Wallet. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's huge. So we got the ultra shot and then uh, events mode. Uh, it, it sounds like they'll have the option, like they said, to change the pin locations, the wins, the T boxes. And before they said it was all randomized, where they didn't really have the control. So I don't know if they went into the code and found something they could do, where they could basically put the pins in tough locations with ultimately dreadful winds, forcing you to cut shots. Uh, I think it sounds like a great feature. Yeah, and I th- I think Adam's been talking about Adam Kramer has
1: been talking about this not not this feature necessarily for a while, but being able to talk talking about manipulating the setups. Mm-hmm. So purposely having really high winds, or purposely having easy T boxes or hard T boxes or tough pins or easy pins because when they do a daily setup they don't have the ability or didn't have the ability probably until now to manipulate it in any way it's just kind of this is the random setup that we got in this run and here it is Uh, so it sounds like they've altered the code or whatever had to happen in order to make that happen but so i think i mean that's one aspect of event mode like being able to make specific setups but uh, event mode was I don't want to say vague. I think they just left it open to so many possibilities. You can, they could purposely do setups, right? Really high winds or really soft winds. Uh, There was some talk about it, it, some weeks, so it's a weekly thing, right? So if you get uh, a really high wind week, then it might be literally one, kind of like the daily now is your best score for the, in this case, week counts, or it could be just like regular old prize play mode, where you can you could play 10 of them a day, um, and it's just like regular 50-person prize play mode. And additionally, they said there's going to be, be able to do some other things, which is like...
0: Qualifying for the World Championship, yeah, yeah, they some mentioned. Yeah, qualifying
1: through that. But like also specific, like you can only use three clubs. Yeah. Or And they'll probably dictate what clubs those are, you know, driver, seven iron putter, or something like that. Uh, or or maybe you have to use a certain set of clubs. I think I think back to the oddest set of clubs ever, which is like the the niblick and the Bashy. and yeah, is the, that the old hickory set? It's the old hickory set, yeah. and and you know not a lot of people use the hickory set because <laughs> it's pure trash. But it'd be fun to play uh, a daily with the hickory set and see what we can do. And or it could be they they dictate that you have to use stock balls or stock stock, kind of like Jeff McClellan still uses yeah. stock stock and so i think it, it's so wide open it could be daily it could be weekly it could be uh prize play it could be wins and pins it's pretty wide open at this point which is cool it leaves a lot of possibilities uh, but i don't think we have a ton of information on it yet
0: yeah i'll, I'll be other looking than forward. it's wide open yeah I'll, I'll be looking forward to what they roll out and how they use this because just thinking about the possibilities of what they're able to do and then potentially getting some player feedback in terms of what they'd like to see for a course because you do get some dailies currently where they talk about being super scorable and there might be some holes that are actually shut down like a drivable par 5, you might right. be stuck too far behind a tree, it might have a bad tee box like some of the Bayou Bay ones and Laurel Park ones in the past.
1: Yeah, so it'll, and I think that they said this will start happening uh, in November. Yeah. So it won't be with the original release of the courses which is coming in two weeks or just a little over two weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, very exciting. Speaking
1: of that... The pre-release of the release... Great segue. ...is shipping tomorrow. So I got some information from Don at IT.
0: Thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. Big shout out. Uh,
1: Hoping to... Hope you can be a conduit of information to to this podcast that we can hopefully... uh, pass out to
0: uh, some of our listeners. Yeah, speaking of passing out, uh, we were hoping that at uh, some point we'd have Kevin Lindsay get in one of those uh, pass out modes where all of a sudden he does like a WikiLeaks dump to us in terms of all sorts of data sets and so forth. He can
1: be our Julian Assange.
0: Yeah, he, uh, unfortunately, it hasn't come to that yet, uh, so I don't know if he just uh, passes out too quickly, but yeah, shout out to Don, the IT team. Uh, Sounds like they're going to try to provide us with some data so we can break that down uh, preferably spreadsheets. You don't even have to let us know what you think the date is. I mean, ter- Tony and I can come up with our own interpretations. But, yeah, going into this pre-release here, it sounded like they said there were going to be 24 units shipped out nationwide. We don't have the locations yet. Yeah, shipping tomorrow. Um,
1: Don said that you know there might be a, some information about which vendors, which locations get it. But uh, eventually, once those pre-release get shipped and installed ideally the vendors that are actually getting a pre-release are doing the overnight shipping so they'll probably get them on tuesday of this week uh installed tuesday you'll start to see them in uh in uh find a game yeah yeah find a game yeah uh so uh so yeah look for 2019s in a uh location hopefully within 100 miles of you
0: i got Uh, my fingers crossed yeah
1: so, uh, yeah, excited to see, see that. Obviously, with new courses comes uh, pretty good content for the podcast. Heck, yeah. Uh, and uh, and as we've talked about in previous podcasts, with the new courses, we've got a couple tournaments coming up, too. So those yeah. will be fun. And, and new mm-hmm. courses. So uh, with with those tournaments, we've got three tournaments on three consecutive weekends coming up. We've got the Wisconsin one right after the courses are released. So that's Saturday after, uh, in, I guess, three Saturdays from now. Uh, then there's the Richmond Power Events uh, Tour event uh, in three weeks. And then you've got, right the week after that, you've got the Tournament of Champions, which is kind of an invite only, but a lot of people are, are going to be going to that. And and, I think tournaments right after courses are released are a lot of fun. Yes. Because uh, it really evens the playing field, in my opinion, uh, in terms of, you know, you're not playing against a, a banger that has played a certain course a thousand times when you've only played that course fifty times. And so I think those are the... The most unpredictable tournaments are the ones right after courses are released and uh, and the most fun, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it, it'll be great to... And great to learn, too. Yeah, it, it'll be great to see the results as those come through. If you see someone who may have placed in the top 10 at the World Championship and they're getting knocked out in the first or second round, and it might be a score of 22 to 18. You right. know that, That's what tends to happen when the new courses get released, where it's tough to figure out the cut shots, the elevations, and so forth. But to your point, talking about the new courses coming up, we also have the next announcement, which is the. We're flush with announcements. Yeah, which is the Golden T4. The second remastered course has been announced, which is Pine Meadows. Yeah. So we broke down Crawdad last week. Uh, we did a, a live look,
1: our first look. Uh, we cheated. We, first we looked blush. this week. Yeah. Uh, wanted to uh, kind of check out what PAR was, as well as look at the specific holes. I think that the PAR. And when we say "golden tee par," it's you know if you if you drive every drivable par four, you birdie all the par threes, you eagle all the par fives, and unless, unless it happens to be drivable, I can't remember what we said Crawdad was last week. It was like 28 or 29. That uh, sounds correct. And in looking at this week's course, it looks like to me that it is uh, anywhere from 29 to 32. Woo! So I I think that uh, one other actually one other nugget that. Don talked about, and he did this actually on Facebook, was uh, talking about the gameplay data and how, you know, he get, he says he gets an email every Sunday with the gameplay data for the previous week. You can forward that to the yeah, Podmore uh, Get
0: Better podcast. Yeah, uh,
1: direct message Tony Johnson, please. Uh, <laughs> but, but what was interesting, some of the interesting things out of that was the most played course is Mayfield, and I don't yeah. think that's a su- surprise for two reasons. One, it's right in the middle, so it defaults you to uh, being on Mayfield, so I think just inherently that would get more gameplay. Uh, second is that the the mo- the second most played course, at least since it was released, was Rattlesnake, and so I think that's really interesting because I think we can. There's 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 a reason why I think it is that way, and then there's a reason why I'm a little bit surprised. Rattlesnake is the toughest to shoot par on, most definitely. I think. Uh, but it's also the easiest to go extremely low on, right? So par on that course is typically 33 under. Yeah, you've so got you, some room for air there. And so you can be three off and shoot your first minus 30 ever. And so the two courses that I think are the easiest to shoot minus 30 on, which is kind of a threshold that a lot of people measure themselves by, yes, <laughs> are the two that end up getting played the most, which I don't think is surprising, but it was it was interesting to hear that specifically because you never know with a, one of these remastered courses if, if the novelty wears off, and people are like, oh, I don't like whole 12 because I can take a stroke limit so easily. So you just don't know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see that uh, going forward, whether, you know, what the information... I'd be curious to know the information for every course. You know, since oh, yeah. since all seven are now released, what the, you know, the rankings on a, on a given week... Of which courses get played the most? Yeah, I mean, just we, seeing, we know the top two. I'm I'm curious about the other four.
0: Yeah, just I? seeing like spreadsheet breakdown and, and something like that. I, I think would be fantastic. So we could share that with our listeners and share it with the Golden Tea community. I no. mean, I, I know they typically don't you know really dive into the gameplay information and just strictly talk in terms of how Rattlesnake was the second most played. I thought that was really cool information to hear, so to see some yeah. data behind that or whatnot. just or I don't just, need to
1: know the actual numbers. Yeah, right? it, I don't it, need to, It was uh, played 3,000 times this week. Wow. Yeah. Just, I, the rankings are enough for me, unless you want to give us the actual numbers.
0: Yeah, I I think that's very cool, and I, I think the players will absolutely love to know that. So leading into Pine Meadows here, Tony, you've got that pulled up on the Jumbotron here in the office. Yeah, the Jumbotron of my iPhone. <laughs> let's uh, let's start breaking down Pine Meadows here All right. and uh, give some thoughts on talking about how you see this swing between a 29 and a potentially a 32.
1: Yeah, the, the swing in my mind happens pretty early. So kind of like uh, Indigo a little bit from a few weeks back. Uh, this one looks to me like it starts off with a hole a lot like uh, we both thought this separately. It reminds us of um, Rhineland. Rhineland. Jeez, blanked on that. I'm, it's almost the new courses. I'm already getting the old courses out of my memory. Like, as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as we get those new courses, I'm not going to remember any of the shots and any of the holes from the 2018 courses. So that's I'm already. The, start,
0: that's not the no, surly that's talking. Not my is it? two
1: sips of surly talking uh but hole one i think uh it looks drivable i'll say some of the time uh it's listed at 444 on the on the uh on the golden tee fan look and that's going to be borderline drivable just because the pin is all the way back and the, it's a pretty big green but uh, there's three tee boxes and we're in the back tee box of the three so on it looks like shot, from yeah. from the two closer tee boxes it's going to be drivable a higher percentage of the time so i think this is going to if i had to guess this is usually going to be drivable, but not all the time. So we've got our first one that's altering par. Uh, hole two is a drivable par four. Uh, from the tee box that it's given on the screenshot on GoldenTeeFan.com, looks like a, be a pretty tough shot. You got to wrap around,
0: uh, wrap around some trees. Uh, onto a green that is has water in the front and in the in the back. Yeah, and I think some of those tee boxes, I remember this one was uh, actually I think having to potentially hit a two-iron sometimes depending on tee box and location. There are trees on the right where you have to keep it down so this could potentially be a low tee driver, low tee oberd, yeah, something Obert, like that. Because uh, it's
1: 270 yards so that's kind of right in uh, oberd prime distance. Yeah, start sniping. Uh, hole three is a par three. Uh, not much to it. Hole four is going to be our se- our second one that I'm I'm curious whether it, how drivable it's it's going to be. Um, from the from the look it's given on Golden Tee fan, it's 469 yards, so that feels not drivable. Um, but it looks like on the tee box you could probably pick up 20 to 25 yards, and this green is gigantic. We don't know exactly how big, but it's it's pretty damn big, and the pin is pretty close to the back in this screenshot, so I can imagine that this hole could play all the way down to like 375, 380 in that range. In that case, it is drivable. Now, it's a lot of water clear, so you might end up, there's a bunker just short of the green that you might end up in, in a decent amount uh, for a little sand sniper. Oh, yeah. But uh, but I think that this is the second one where I'd, I would say park and alter, I, and, and I would flip flop it compared to hole one, which is, I, I'm assuming hole one is going to be drivable most of the time. Agreed. Uh, and I think the complete opposite on this one. This one's going to be drivable one in ten, maybe, kind of in that range, uh, if I had to guess. Certainly, if you get a tailwind from the front box, you, you You're know, it's, gonna, a, it's go a gigantic after. green, but but usually these gigantic greens are are flat, so that helps. Even if you've got a hundred foot putt, usually, you know, if it's a flat green, that's not so bad. Well, in this case, you've got a from the tee box at least an up two right three, so you've got some break. So I'm trying to make a eighty foot. Up two, right, three is not the easiest part in the world. So we'll see what uh, hole four brings us. Hole five, a, another drivable par four. We've got, a, we've got a tier on this green. Multi-tiered green. Here we, we go. The, uh, some people love them. Some people hate them. But get used to them. They're here to stay, we got some tiers.
0: Yeah, it kind of looks like uh, Rattle like number 11. Is it yeah, 10 yeah. or 11, yeah, the multi-tier yeah, green, uh, where the front portion is lower, uh, back portion is higher. So if you have a lower pin, you could potentially use that as a backboard uh, to keep it on the bottom side of the green.
1: Yeah, distance-wise, it looks a lot like um, rattle number 11. It's kind of in that 300 to 320 yards. That back, That back portion of this green looks a lot smaller than it does on rattle 11, so that'll be interesting when the
0: pin gets back there. Yeah, quality shot making there to take Eagle with the back pin on the upper tier.
1: Uh, hole six, another drivable par four. It's listed at 300 yards here on the on the overhead. Um, looks like it's going to be drivable 100% of the time. Uh, I bet that we struggled like hell on this hole previously because it's a down six. So uh, we only had backspin as our only option at this point back when this was an original course. Um, and so I bet this even still will be a relatively difficult hole.
0: Yeah, it- at first glance at this hole, this reminded me of, is it Moose Landing number 2? Uh, Driveable par 4? Okay. Uh is it not moose, it right is now. Is it Moose 2 oh, or Moose number 4? Yeah, Moose, a, four? Yeah, moose yeah, it's 2. <laughs> slightly left, might be going straight at, might be putting a slight cut. I think it's downhill, protected by a bunker in the front. Uh, definitely reminded me of uh, that early par four in Moose Landing. Yeah, I, I apologize, no, I don't have the number. Off no, hand. no, it
1: too. I I know what you're talking about. I, I think that two things in my mind make this a little bit more difficult than Moose Hole Two, which has some bailouts. There are some bunkers around Moose Two, but there's some bailouts as well. Uh, the right side of this green is is pretty uh, spacious, but as soon as if the if the pin is on the left side, which it happens to be on this overhead, that's a tough shot.
0: Yeah, I mean you, down you six.
1: It. In this case, a five tailwind from 300 yards—that is a—that's not an easy shot.
0: Yeah, which in theory, if, if you're over on the right-hand side of the green, it's a down-six green. You're probably going to have a right five or six coming yeah. back at a you know 30 to 60 foot putt. Yeah. So
1: I think that's that's our first, I'd say, tough hole, unless we consider some of the borderline drivable ones to be tough holes. Although two might be. Uh, hole seven. This is our third one that alters par. So I think that uh, whether whether the three holes now that we've talked about uh, alter it either goes from a minus 29 par to a minus 32 par. So we've got four par threes, uh, a, no, a non drivable par four that we haven't gotten to, and then this questionably drivable par five. I think it'll be drivable most of the time, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't remember how tall the trees are. It's a huge dog leg left par five. And as the crow flies, it's 363 yards. So that sounds drivable to me, uh, but I don't know how tall the trees are in between us and the hole. Uh-huh. We didn't we didn't have the look up option yeah. back in the day, so uh, we'd have to kind of use a flyby and hope it flew up. Uh, but we'll see. It, it looks like it'll be drivable some of the time. There's only we don't even have a picture of the green on Golden Tee fan. Uh, I so yeah, down two, right six. Um, so I don't even know what the area around the green looks like. I bet it'll be drivable half the time or so, if I had to guess. Yeah,
0: drivable par
1: fives are always exciting. And I would guess that that's one of the things that drives some of the gameplay. One of the reasons that Rattlesnake has so much gameplay uh, compared to the other courses is that there's the three drivable par fives, and people like double eagles. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, hole 8 is a par 3, pretty big green. Not work, not a ton to talk about there. Hole 9 is going to be a drivable 300 yards-ish par 4.
0: That hole used to kill me back in the day. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Is there like the, a the
1: cliff in the way? Yeah, you have a cliff. Don't on worry about it. that cliff anymore.
0: <laughs> we got high tees. Yeah, so we got tees now, and then up near the green, just prior to the green, there's actually a rock wall up there and some trees there. Kind of reminds me of goodness. Is it Mystic Number Three, where mm. your green is kind of protected, and I believe it drops down a little bit from the trees, where you may actually have to intentionally hit the trees depending mm-hmm. on your tee box or if you're in a good position to just hit a high tee, go over the trees, land the green, take your eagle, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Good
1: hole. So par in the front can go anywhere from uh, minus 17 to minus 14, I think. Uh, The back nine is a little bit more consistent in terms of what I think the par will be. doesn't mean that it's getting any easier. Uh, Hole 10, I I think, is the only hole that's going to be completely non-drivable. It's uphill, uh, this screenshot is 485 yards, uh, there's a bunker in front, I, I just don't, not mouth yeah. might drive it, yeah. but <laughs> I'm not going to drive it. Uh, you might be able to get in that bunker for a little sand, easier sand shot, but uh, I think it, I'd be surprised if it's it's drivable at all.
0: Yeah, you're going to throw in the fairway most likely and just take your shot at a hole out with a big green. Yep.
1: Uh, hole 11 is a long par 5, or long enough that it's not drivable, 500 yards on this screenshot. Um, Looks like you got kind of two main fairways. I would guess that we occasionally had to go to the left-hand fairway to get there in two back in the day. Uh, But now that we've got high tees and and super balls, I I would imagine that the play will be to go around to the right.
0: Yeah, we had talked about this whole, uh, in kind of doing some of our research here, being fairly similar to Greek Hills. On the backside, the par five, uh, yeah. the fairway layout, the hole, and the green location look fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully, as this course is remastered, I know uh, they wait until I believe it was January, February of last year, January to release one course and February to release the other. But then they had them earlier on invites. I believe they opened it a month earlier for invites to drive mm-hmm. invites. I
1: think you're, uh, I think you're off by one month on the tails on the tail end. Ooh. If I remember right, I, again, I'm 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 just going off of. Hazy memory, but I think invites were opened on Rattlesnake December 1. Okay. And then prize play was opened on Rattlesnake January 1. And then invites were opened on Mystic on Feb 1. And then prize play was opened on Mystic on March 1. Gotcha. I think okay. that's how it went. I'm not positive. And then new tees were, or the new tea boxes were a month and a half or two months after that. If I remember correctly, the kind of the schedule. And yeah. then Classic Course of the Week started pretty... Pretty soon after that,
0: yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool how they're staggering that you know a couple months after the release to keep it fresh. The yeah. introduction of the two remastered courses, you're getting new T boxes, and I think that helps drive gameplay. So maybe we can see the data on that, uh, but 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 to see how <laughs> data, that tra- data 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 yeah to see how that transitions year to year. Where you know we talked about how. Sometimes players who play a lot get the feeling that, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the new courses and it's still four or five months away. Well, with the new T boxes, the remastered courses, I think that keeps driving gameplay. So I hope that they're seeing and reaping the rewards of that uh, by their efforts in terms of doing the two extra remastered courses yep. and doing the new T boxes. It, it definitely kept it fresher for me this year. For sure. Yes, I can't wait for the new courses. But I don't feel like for the last couple months it's just been dread over and over and over. Well, and, and the classic course of the week helps out a ton too. Agreed. Um,
1: I'd be, and you know, we talk about, I'm, I'm, I'd like them to mix in some different classic courses of the week. It feels like we've gotten the same, I don't know, whatever, is 20 courses each of the last three years. Uh, I know that there's some courses they purposely avoid because they're really, really tough courses and probably wouldn't be as high gameplay. Um, but I think that, uh, I think mixing in a few others, this week's course is not one of my favorites. We've talked about that. It seems like once a month there's a course that I'm kind of meh yeah. on, you know? Like, oh, good, that course again. Um, obviously, you know, they get a lot of data, <laughs> as Don talked about. It'd be uh, so there must be a reason they keep bringing some of these meh courses back is because they get a lot of gameplay, but man, I just can't see it, some of these courses.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think this will be cool. So, with the two remastered courses, the five new 2019 <clears> courses, <throat> so, you know, a third of the year. A third of the way through the year, we're going to have seven courses to choose from. We're also going to have events mode going on, mm-hmm. which, you know... Who knows what that's going to be. Yeah, so so I think they're really going mm-hmm. to try to give players a fresher look and give them more options in terms of not having the same seven courses, and they're really looking to expand. I, I think this is great. I think it's definitely going in the right direction for the growth of the game and to keep it fresh and interesting.
1: And then, uh, fast-forwarding a year from now, we'll be talking about hashtag 2020 moon course. Ooh, moon course. Ooh, can't wait it'll be so much fun we'll have 900 yard drives yeah Uh, shout out to danny bell
0: uh he's been uh
1: shipping the idea of moon course for about 15 years
0: yeah i mean with with the lack of gravity on the moon uh compared to earth i think paul luna if you don't do it in 2019 2020 moon course is your shot for a long drive
1: 467 we had some uh we had a couple drives this week we yeah. we've gotten way off course on Pine Meadow here, but yeah. <laughs> uh, But uh I had a drive this week that was four hundred and sixty seven yards exactly. Uh Will had one that was more than four hundred and sixty seven. Yeah, I think uh, it, well, was it must on, have been last week I guess. Cause yeah, it was, Celtic uh, it was on Celtic. But uh yeah tough break, Paul. You missed your chance. Although I guess I haven't looked. Maybe he did get a 467. with I, I haven't but. pulled
0: it up this week. Uh, I don't really stalk him on Facebook except for his memes, uh, but I definitely try to stalk him on the Golden Tee stats comparison page. Yes. Uh,
1: back to Pine Meadow. Uh, hole 12, we've got a drivable par 4 here. Uh, as the crow flies from this view, it looks like 298 yards, but it looks like we're kind of in the closer of the tee boxes, so it might play a little bit longer than that. Uh, I, I imagine this hole is a pain in our butt because it's a left eight green, pretty skinny. Kind of reminds me, in some ways, of. Um, uh, it was just the money shot the other day. That's I was talking about hole 18 on uh, oh. Bella Toscana. There we go. I pulled it. Uh, just a skinny green with a big break. This is, happens to be a left eight, not not a downtown like Bella is. But uh, I bet this hole's a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah. This is most likely uh, gonna require a cut shot in with that left green. You're gonna want to put slight amount of A on it, slight amount of one on it, so your ball is curving into that green.
1: Yep. Uh, hole thirteen is a par three. Uh, we don't like to spend too much time on par threes, but this one happens to have a tier on the green. Uh, so we've got at least two now this in this uh, throwback course that have tiers. Uh, hole fourteen is a par five questionable whether it's gonna be drivable i would guess not but as the crow flies i could see it being possible it depends on the trees a little bit
0: I, i'm sure at some point i'll i'll be chasing it it it, oh, yeah. uh, it, it comes up on goldenteafan.com uh as 435 yards it shows a headwind which obviously is discouraging i wouldn't try that i know there's multiple fairways here Back in the day, you used to typically go for the middle one unless you had a huge tailwind and you'd cannonball it as hard as you can, just hitting a yeah. B2 as far as you could to get a clean look at the pin.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I think
0: 99% of the time, at least, this is going to be just Yeah, it's going to take an optimal setup to get there.
1: Uh, hole 15 is a, another drivable par 4. We keep saying that. We love drivable par 4s because it helps par. Uh, in this case, it's 308 from the back box, so I think if anything, it's going to be a, a little bit less than that. Uh not a, it kinda of reminds me of the hole we talked about earlier. The do, it's got a down six green, it's about three hundred yards. Uh I'm guessing we got some tree issues up by the green. I don't I don't really remember this hole specifically.
0: Yeah, it kinda kinda brings to mind uh front front nine side of rattlesnake, where you're gonna have most likely a three or a four wood going yeah, yeah. into this green. Yep. Uh downhill green, you've got some trees to manipulate around. Uh but yeah, I, I think this uh should be pretty straightforward since we've had rattlesnake to practice on that's fairly similar.
1: Yep. Uh, hole 16 is a non-drivable par five, 520 yards. So nobody's getting that one. Uh, I don't remember a ton about this hole. It looks like we got a up six, left six green. So, uh, and the green looks like to be pretty well protected by water and bunkers. And it kind of, it's kind of skinny and wraps around. So I think this will be a, a tough approach shot.
0: Yeah, on your approach shot, you're also going to have uh, trees. If, if you have a big headwind on this hole. You're going to have trees over on the right-hand side. Where if you don't get too far, you're going to have to curve into the green, yeah. uh, hitting a slight A one we'll coming see. into that I mean, green. W-
1: we never know. I mean, we didn't have eight woods back in the day, so it could, yeah. be, the, <laughs> could be the eight wood yeah. just clears those trees, no problem. Uh, we'll see. Again, we don't. Back in the day, we didn't. If if a two iron didn't, you know, if you're 230 yards and the two iron and the five wood didn't work, then you didn't really have a lot of options. Yeah, there was no high T eight wood, uh, so you just kind of dealt with it. Um, Let's see, hole 17 is a par 3. Woo. This is is this the hourglass hole? Yeah. It is the hourglass hole. Th- th- this, this will be able to swing some matches here. Yeah. This, uh, so the winds are going to be up at this point, so you're probably dealing with anywhere between a 10 and a 14-mile-per-hour wind. Very skinny green. Flat, so that helps. So anywhere on the surface, except for it's an hourglass, hourglass shape, so you might get kinsed.
0: Yeah, and, and if I recall right, this is slightly uphill, too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so um, that's a, it messes with you a little bit. N- normally, if I had a a tough wind and a green like this, I'd be looking at hitting a low T, but considering that it's uphill, you got your distances where this might be a low T, 8 wood, 7 wood, 9 wood, yeah. potentially, depending on the wind, uh, to try to keep it out of the wind, and then hit the grain, check up on the grain, take your birdie. Uh, th- this will definitely be a round maker breaker right here.
1: Yeah, and there'll be some, uh, I you heard me say Kins, I, I think loyal listeners know what I'm talking about, but it's a term that, that I made up in Houston a few years back when uh, Greg Kinsler, I was playing him in a, in a money match, and twice in the same round, he had unmakeable putts. So you were tucked behind the fringe or behind the rough. Uh, you, you couldn't do anything better than a two-putt, so I ended up calling that the Kins, and that's kind of <laughs> stuck. Uh, the Minnesota guys helped uh, helped push that. Uh, so we call it the Kins. So being an hourglass-shaped green here, you might get some unmakeable putts. So feel yeah. free to call it the Kins.
0: Yeah, don't get Kinslered. Except
1: for he's a former world champ, and I'm just a... Yeah. I'm just a... We're
0: we're, we're jobbers. Yeah, we're jobbers. We'll drink to that.
1: Uh, All right, hole 18 finishing up. Hopefully you're on 32 pace at this point. Uh, I'm on, uh, I'd say, 27 pace probably at this point. Uh, Hole 18 looks like a drivable par 4. Uh, Pretty short, actually. Uh, Looks like we might have, kind of reminds me, something about it reminded me of Greek 18 a little bit. Uh, yeah. In terms of being, it can be pretty short, but it's, it's going to be a tight window to try to get to a, a pretty big break in green. This happens to be a up nine, left three. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, it looks like a pretty good finishing hole. Pretty big green, so that helps kind of like Mystic 18. Uh, pretty big green, so usually I don't have a ton of problem with Mystic 18. At least I don't, but, uh, yeah. So that's that's Pine Meadow. That'll be our classic course of the week. I assume since they released them, they, talk, they told us about... Uh, about uh, crowd first, that'll be the December course, and then they talked about Pine Meadow second, that'll be the, whatever it is, February, February course, but uh, we'll see, I don't know, they might mess with that order.
0: Yeah, remastered courses, uh, keeping it fresh, keeping exciting, very, very excited for that. Um, next up, we're, we're gonna transition into the actual Classic Course of the Week being released at midnight this week. Uh, we've got two left before the release here, Tony. So we've got two left, and this week starting at midnight is going to be Jackrabbit Junction. Uh, similar to last week with the uh, remastered courses, we focused more on the remastered courses as opposed to the Classic Course of the Week. Uh, fairly fresh, we have had Jackrabbit, we've had it in invitationals, Coming back as a classic course of the week, we're going to try to keep it fairly brief, fairly simple. Uh, we do have some holes we do want to touch on, though.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think that this is one of the ones like I talked about. I'm kind of, kind of blah on this course. It's not, not my favorite. And I, what's interesting to me is the data seems to be telling it that people love low-scoring courses, mm-hmm. and yet we keep getting these courses, these classic courses of the weeks that are like 26 par or 27 par. Like I, I don't so. If people love Mayfield and Rattle, then why would they love Jackrabbit Junction? Which is almost always gonna be twenty-six par, but occasionally might get up to twenty-eight par. There's a couple holes where you could theoretically uh get there into, but uh, but I, I just don't I, I don't understand the appeal of this course.
0: Yeah, so looking at the year this was released, this was released late 2012, going into 2013 Golden Tee Live. So this was released along the side of current class of course week. Bear Lodge, Cape Haven, Coconut Beach, and Sequoia Grove. So I'm wondering, speaking of have, data... This must have been data, Gen
1: Z's dark period. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so speaking of data, um, going back at this, I would assume that during the 2013 live courses, this was one of the more popular ones played here. Uh, I know I personally did not like Sequoia very much. I played the bejesus out of Cape Haven for sure. Yeah, um, but going into this, they they must have some data. Obviously, they're doing this for a reason. Um, bring it back to Jackrabbit Junction here.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I liked Bear Lodge this week. I think I thought it was a fun. I played it course. like garbage, but yes, yeah. I enjoyed but, it. But it was it was it was tough but fair. Mm-hmm. Right there were there was some holes where you could definitely get a little uh, sideways on, uh, but it's because you felt like you probably paid up played a bad shot, not that you got screwed or
0: anything. Yeah, and we talked about that that in the podcast, how the front nine of Bear Lodge could definitely dictate your round going into the back nine. I found myself, unfortunately, a lot of times seven under after seven or eight after seven or whatnot. Um, a couple times, I think six after eight. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely tough. So we're going to try to give you a quick rundown here. Yeah, so we'll talk about Jackrabbit Junction.
1: We'll talk about a few of the holes. Again, par is going to go anywhere between. Most of the time it's going to be 26. There might be a couple setups where you get one extra hole there or in a perfect setup, two extra holes that are drivable. But uh, hole number one is a regular old par four. Not Non-drivable. Uh, actually, we're just going to skip ahead. Let's sk- skip ahead to hole four, which is really the first hole that's going to uh, matter in any sort of way. Uh, par five. Most of the time, it's an eagle. I I think that with with uh with tees and certainly with us using tees more. I mean, there was tees back in the day, but I as I talked about last week, I'm I'm a lot more apt to use tees now than I was just to make yeah. it like one percent easier. Uh, you're gonna blast it up, way to the left, about 320 yards away, and then it's a relatively easy shot from there. Uh, hole five is probably our our first. Semi difficult hole. Uh, up, it's a nice flat green. It's huge, but yeah. it's, since it's a flat green, uh, a lot of times you're thinking, okay, anywhere on the surface, you've got some uh, cactus in the way. Uh, but it, usually, it's going to be like a high T four wood or a high T five or a three wood, kind of depending on the distance uh, and the wind.
0: Yeah, hold on the flyby button because some of those cacti cactuses. are short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cacti, cactuses. Um are short and some are rather large so with a high tee there are ones you can definitely take your line go over throw it on the green get your eagle uh next up we got hole eight which is uh sometimes can be you know kind of relatively
1: straightforward but most of the time it's a pretty tough hole uh you've got a big hill with some cacti on top of it, uh, most of the time is in your way, and you're going into a. You're going to be playing a C3 type shot, so you're going to wrapping wrapping around to the left, and you're coming into a green that is a left breaking green. So sometimes you can get a little things can get out of hand.
0: Yeah, if way. you're using a tee to hit that C3 or a variation of the C3 with a high tee, that's going to take off a lot of the spin. Where with a left sloping green, you're hitting a C3, it might be tough to stick this green. There are times where I definitely use a medium tee. Just thinking, if I do hit the appropriate shot, biter yep. or backspin is going to help it stick on the green.
1: Yep, and I so I think there though there will be a lot of longish putts on this on this hole. Yes, uh, this is uh, not an easy eagle. It's a, probably our first difficult hole. Uh, hole nine, par five. Uh, for for me, there, there's kind of a grove of cacti out there, uh, kind of right where the right where the fairway turns, I'm blasting a driver or a you know, high T driver kind of over the left side of that, which leaves me usually with like 200 yards or so in.
0: Yeah, right around eight wood because if you do position yourself there, you're gonna have a slight increase in elevation going into that green, I believe. And I think an eight wood is a great approach club coming into that to take your eagle. Uh,
1: speaking of eight wood. Yes. Hole 10. Uh, if anything, oh. I, I wish I could change all, for just this course, Changed my eight wood over a nine wood because I think a nine wood is even better on this hole. It's an extremely short drivable par four, around 200 yards. Uh, so depending on your depending on your wind, even an eight wood might be too much, especially a high ta wood might be too much. And uh, the the green quickly falls off into a little waste area over it. Um, so this is a, this is a difficult hole. Uh, I think we've gotten used to build a bag certainly helps because now we can kind of have the choice of nine wood, eight wood, seven wood. Uh, And high tees, getting used to using high tees helps a lot. But uh, this is a tough hole.
0: Yeah, I've uh, always struggled on this, whether I try to go around to the left, go around to the right, take a high tee 8-wood, go over wind dependent. Uh, I've struggled to get eagle on this hole.
1: And if I used my my quote-unquote regular bag on this course that has an 8-wood, so I'd be hitting 8-wood most of the time on this, but I wouldn't have a lob wedge. My, My normal bag has a gap wedge as its highest loft. Which could be a real problem because uh, spoiler alert, I'm not going to hit the green every time on this hole, so I'm going to have a lot of a lot of shots where I'm going to wish I had my lob wedge. So it it might be uh, I might use my mystic bag on this just to make sure I get the lob wedge in the bag and sacrifice my forewood. Really, I'm thinking just for this hole. I mean, yeah. like there's there's I can't think of another hole. Maybe as we scroll through, I'll see it, but I, yeah. I can't think of another one where I'm going to really want that lob wedge.
0: Yeah, if you if you go long on this hole, this isn't just a standard drop down past the green. Um, Where a gap wedge, yes, there's the backboard on the back side of the mound, the cacti. um, But a lob wedge, you have to get up and down. And there have been times I've had a lob wedge, and I'm stymied behind a cactus even down there. Um, It can get ugly real quick on this hole.
1: Yep, so a tough hole. Uh, Again, I'll probably be keeping my lob wedge because of it. Uh, Hole 11, we're skipping because it's a par 3. Pretty short. Uh, Hole 12 is one of the ones that can alter par. Uh, this is a par 5 that, as the crow flies, is about 400 yards, give or take. Uh, and so a lot of times you're going to be trying to do a big uh, A1-type shot, but you got some cactus in your way. And uh, there's a little bit of a... If you're looking directly at the green, there's a little bit of a dip in the hill, and that's going to be kind of your aim point. You want your A1 or your C3 to kind of be... Or your straight shot, I guess, if you had a big tailwind, to be going straight through there. So a lot of times I'm going to be hitting my 290 driver... Because it gets h- higher and, and, it, it and it snaps and yeah. it snaps more. And so it's going to be an A1 or a C3 with that 290 driver. And actually, this would be a good instance where if I... Most of the time, you're not actually getting on the green. I mean, you are occasionally getting on the green here. But most of the time, you're going to have kind of a 30-yard shot out of the... I don't know what it... Desert, dirt, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, but, it's not uh, the waist
0: deep? No, not
1: waist deep. W-A-S-T-E, <laughs> deep, waste deep. Yes. Uh, so that's a pretty good distance for a lob wedge, so that would be another reason to have a lob wedge, uh, for me at least. On and this there are some screen. boulders protecting the screen as well. And th- Yes, there are. Those can be a pain in the butt. So get that lob wedge over it. Uh, there's not a lot left to talk about on this course. Uh, hole 13 is drivable par 4, but then here's wh- here's, this is the reason why I don't like this course. We've got holes 14 through 18. We've talked about some tough holes so far. But mm-hmm. holes 14 through 18, the only eagle hole on the remaining five is a par five. It's a non drivable par five. That's basically an eagle every time. So if I was in a match on this course, like, there's nothing left. It, it, to do it's understand.
0: almost cemented at this point, barring a major meltdown or right. a major error.
1: Yeah, the and the only one we we've only talked about one of the holes that is occasionally drivable, which is that par five hole 12. I remember back in the day, hole 17, which is a long par longish par four was occasionally drivable and so with a a good setup you will be able to get on hole 17 but it was a small enough percentage of the time that then i don't 90 percent of the time it's just a layup yeah and and it's got a big so even if i can get on the green so two things even if i can get on the green i'm happy to be anywhere on the green well i might have an 80 foot up eight left eight well what good is that I mean, what are the odds of me making that? Probably pretty small. Yeah, big but, breakers. And additionally, missing this green, especially long and left. Trouble. It's, it's even worse than hole 10, which is, you know, even a lob wedge. I remember having to hit backwards on this hole sometimes, back into the fairway. To give yourself cause room. Because you just couldn't, you couldn't even get your lob wedge up fast enough or high enough in order to get on the green, even though you, you just barely missed the green. So it this is uh, a par or worse way way more often than it is a eagle, for for me, and then 18 we finish out the rare hole 18 par five, uh, I think we get them occasionally. Uh, usually, if we've got a hole 18 par five, there's something interesting about it. Not this one. It's a pretty boring, <laughs> boring par five. Uh, so you're just aiming to the you know, you're wanting to blast it up there 360 370 yards. Uh, High T-driver, high T-290 off to the right, and then from there it's about 200 yards. Kind of like some of
0: the other par 5s we talked about. Short wood or potentially a low iron uh, because the winds are ramped up here at the end of the course on 18.
1: All right, so that's Jackrabbit. Again, par most of the time is going to be 26, but you might get some setups where it's 27 or if you're super lucky 28. But uh, for the most part, it's going to be 26. Uh, Good luck this week on Jackrabbit. Like Like Will said, we've only got one more classic course of the week. Week? coming but it's a doozy it's a doozy it's a good one uh tune in next week to find out
0: oh nice final
1: classic course of the week is
0: nice teaser all right so we've kind of been going over our sponsors we've been taking mailbag questions uh the biggest mailbag question we've got actually came up a couple times this week uh the golden tea community is kind of known as a gambling community we like to play one through five we like to attend tournaments and with the kickoff of the NFL season, we thought we'd bring back a previous guest, uh, Andy Fox. So he has actually submitted to our Golden Tee fans here on the podcast, on the Podmore Get Better podcast, something we'd like to call, Are You Smarter Than a Fox? As Ooh. in Andy Fox. Uh, and this is basically going to take a look at the NFL weekend, the upcoming Sunday night game, if you're getting it early. And listening to the podcast prior to the Sunday night game, as well as the Monday night game, and because it's opening weekend, we actually have two Monday night games. How exciting
1: very exciting. I mean, every game is exciting. every game is pre- precious like a snowflake or an angel or whatever it is but <laughs> uh, but uh, specifically, since we know that most of you won't be able to listen to this until uh, after the noon or the three o'clock games start on this Sunday, uh, we want to talk about the Sunday and the Monday games, and so this week uh, our Sunday night tilt is Bears versus Packers. Mm. Classic Norris division uh, matchup, and it is at Green Bay. And so the line on this is Green Bay minus seven. Sounds like a good teaser option. Yeah. Uh, Over under of 46.5, pretty standard. And the money line is Green Bay minus 325 and the Bears plus 255. So uh, Fox's uh, pick of the week. Uh, is to go with the Bears. I like the sound of that. I
0: hate the Packers. Agreed. Bears
1: Bears, in the points. So Bears plus seven, as Fox says, in a low-scoring game.
0: Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers coming back off an injury. You have Mitch Trubisky as a second-year quarterback coming in, uh, playing a road game, a divisional road game in the first round. Uh, tough for the Bears. I'm, I actually, as much as I despise Green Bay, uh, I'd be taking the Packers and giving the points. Yeah it will be
1: interesting. So you've got a, cu- a couple things. I the Khalil Mack trade of this week. Uh obviously he's gonna be playing. How involved in the you know the schemes of the defense is gonna is he going to be at this point, less than a week after he was traded. That'll be interesting. I think that he'll be a lot more dangerous in that defense later on in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh Mitch like you said, Mitch Trubisky, whether he's gonna be a factor, whether he's you know which way is his career going to go? Yes. Uh, in a positive direction, or a neutral direction, or a negative direction? Um, and and I think I like Fox's comment of a low-scoring game. I think we saw on the on the Thursday night game, uh, we saw some boring football. Yes. How uh, much this football. Oh, lots of penalties, which actually normally would lead to more points, but it was just it was just alternating offensive penalties, yeah. defensive penalty. It was just a drag. And it, and there was a couple there was a couple flags that. We I think we can attribute to the new rule changes of even more protecting the quarterback, but it was just a lot of like holding and offsides, and there was a couple calls was, that were super questionable in terms of roughing the passer, um, but they seemed to offset with each other, and so, you know I think that a low scoring game is a good call here, especially uh, outdoors first week at Green Bay, open. pretty strong defense with uh, with the Bears, so uh, sounds like well he didn't specifically say he likes the under.
0: Sounds like he he, he's game. leaning that way. I I agree with him. Looking at that initial Thursday night matchup with Philadelphia and Atlanta, you could tell that there was definitely rust on the players, oh, yeah. uh, having not participated in you know the preseason games very much and so forth. And then on the flip side, you look at Green Bay. You know Jordy Nelson going to the Oakland Raiders. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that many targets left. You have an aging Randall Cobb. you have some folks. Uh, where Green Bay has been notorious for putting up some big numbers and being being a high potent offense, uh, I'm a little concerned about that even at home.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So I mean, Aaron Rodgers still has some weapons, and Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, kind of like Tom Brady being Tom Brady, he'll, he's going to find he'll a find, way. find people to get get the ball. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he's he's he keeps losing some some folks. So uh, next we've got Monday night games. First one, the early game is. Jets at Lions. Classic matchup.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, must-see TV. When I think of opening
1: week, I think Jets versus Lions. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, and it looks like the... This line is a little bit surprising to me. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. So the line is Lion, it's at Lions, so it's Lions minus 6.5. Almost a full touchdown. Over under a 44.5. Uh, the money line is kind of like the last game. Lions are minus 280. Jets are plus 230. Um... That line seems a little high to me. It doesn't seem a little high to Fox because Fox likes the Lions minus six and a
0: half. At 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 home, I like the Lions and the six and a half. I'll agree with him on that. I, I think the Jets are going to be sneaky this year. I mean, not like 11 wins sneaky,
1: but sneaky enough to not be a six and a half point dog uh, in week one.
0: So we got Sam Darnold. Rookie quarterback for a yeah. strong draft selection on the road. Uh, obviously, not a you know divisional rival or anything. Uh, I'm going to stick with Fox and I'm going to play the Lions, giving the six and a half. Yeah, I'm,
1: I I don't know that I'll be doing any action on this, but <laughs> I, but if I was, <laughs> I think I might go Jets plus uh, plus six and a half. Interesting. And 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 the the minus or the oh, the minus the over under 44. The over seems a little bit juicy to me. I, it feels like a deflated line just because. I think people just associate bad offense with the Jets.
0: Yeah, they're a question marks for good for reasons.
1: Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I think the over on that 44.5 sounds like probably if I was going to bet anything, that'd be where I would bet. Uh, final game, tomorrow night's late game. Stay up if you can. Otherwise, get your money in early and go to bed. Ooh. Uh, because you cannot affect the outcome of the game. <laughs> uh, just go to bed. Enjoy your sleep. Uh, And find out in the morning if you won or lost your money. Yeah, no matter how loud you scream at your TV, you can't impact it. It's not going to stop me from screaming at the TV. (laughs) But logically speaking, I know that it doesn't really help. Uh, Next, uh, we've got Rams versus Raiders. Classic Los Angeles versus Los Angeles? Question mark. Soon to be Las Vegas. Uh, And uh, I think the Rams are going to, they're not going to surprise anybody. They were really good last year. I think if I was going to pick an NFC favorite this year, I think I'd go with the Rams. Wow. I think that wow. they've got the uh, the offense uh, that's that's good slash good enough, and all of the pieces that they added on defense this year uh, are really interesting. Now it might completely implode, right? You've got a lot of strong personalities uh, that if things go sideways, that they'll go real sideways real fast. Uh, but I think the pieces that they added on defense are really interesting. And uh, but speaking specifically about this game, it's it's at the Raiders. Uh, does anybody in the Bay Area still care about the Raiders? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but we've got Rams minus 4.5, over under 48 and a 48.5, and then the money line is Rams minus 212, Raiders plus 177. And uh, the Fox's uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fox bet is Rams minus 4.5, the rare road, road favorite that Fox likes. He says, normally I don't like road favorites, but in this case, first of all, the, He doesn't think there's a huge uh, advantage to the home field in this case, correct? Uh, As well as it being a late Monday night, and uh, he says the Raiders organization is complete crap, or something like that. I might have paraphrased, but and uh, and slightly censored it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But uh, I think that uh, you know the the shock, if you want to call it that, of losing Khalil Mack uh, might affect them. Could go one of two ways. It could completely. tailspin their season or it could embolden them to to show ownership that uh that they deserved to keep khalil Mack. now they got a couple of first round picks for him uh, i personally think that was a good deal for the bears uh but uh, there, i know there are differing opinions on that and and some people like that like getting two first round picks for a all pro middle linebacker probably hall of famer but you yeah. know who's to say
0: yeah i'm gonna side with fox on this one uh the rare road favorite like you said Uh, Rams at four and a half. I I think the Raiders are going to struggle. I think the Rams have a really good shot here to keep that offense clicking. Even in the first game of the season on the road, I'm going to take the Rams here.
1: Alright, so that is our first, first of many, Are You Smarter Than a Fox? Uh, we'll be getting his picks every week and we'll want to talk about, we'll hopefully get our podcast done early enough on the Sunday before the, before any of the games start that you can, uh, if you're interested in Fox's advice, you can, uh, and, and, or what we happen to say about Fox's advice, uh, that, uh, you can get that before your Sunday or your Monday night games. And, uh, hopefully that'll be an ongoing segment throughout the season.
0: Yeah. Thanks for joining the Podmore Get Better podcast. Enjoy. The coming classic course of the week, Jack Rabbit Junction, released at midnight. Uh, but more importantly, enjoy the football this weekend. I know, I know I'm excited for it. I'm sure Tony's excited for it.
1: And look for those uh, the pre-release courses this or the uh, new uh, 2019 courses this week. So hopefully, uh, all of our listeners have uh, access. Machi- an access. Yeah. Hopefully, I, uh, I. Hopefully, all of our podcasters Knock have access wood. this week to a uh, to a pre-release because we'd love to uh, actually. if this is a little bit of on-air uh, development, not development, but uh, I think that if if we can get one within, say, 100 miles of us, I think we go play some this week, and then we talk to our listeners yeah, about it next uh,
0: Yeah, we'd be doing a live breakdown from the bar. Or we might have to call somebody, for call, a call-in expert, to Ooh. tell us about
1: what they think about the call-in, and maybe we'll do that anyway. All right, so you've heard of just an on-air production meeting, uh, but uh, yeah, good luck to everyone this week on Jackrabbit Junction. And good luck to everyone on their NFL bets, and we'll uh, talk to you all next week. Thanks, everyone.